This is an Anami podcast. Hello, growers, growies, grobies, <laughs> Josh Grobins. I don't know. <laughs> Hello, welcome back to the pod. Today on the episode, we're going to take your questions. And I have my special co host and producer, Ramey, with me again. Hi, Ramey. How are Hello. you? I was just laughing at the Josh Groban thing because I saw him on Broadway recently. No way. He was amazing. What was he doing? Sweeney Todd. Oh, oh shit. Yeah. Who was he? Sweeney Todd. Oh, he, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, makes sense. Makes yeah. sense. Wow. Josh Groban as Sweeney Todd. It was incredible. God bless. Yeah. <laughs> so this is random. Love on Broadway? Him. You were in New York? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like two weeks ago. And you went to Broadway? I did. I love this. Yeah, it was great. I know you don't like musicals though. I don't love musicals, but I go see them when I get tickets, yeah. you know? And I've yeah. seen musicals that I love. Don't get me wrong, all you show tune freaks out there. Like, I can appreciate a musical. It's just not yeah. the What's medium one you did for like? me. I've loved plenty. I mean, Wicked. I saw Wicked, yeah. like, opening, not the first run, but, like, wow. very soon after, still with Adina. I didn't see Josh Groban, but who did I see? Who's New Kids on the Block? Joey? Oh, yeah. What what was the play though? In Wicked, he was oh. he was Prince uh, Fierro or whatever. Joey McIntyre, that's who it was. Yeah, Adina Menzel as Alphaba. I mean, Wicked's incredible. What else did I love? You can't not like Wicked. You can't not like Wicked. Mm -hmm. I mean, come on. Ooh, ah! You know that high <laughs> note at the end, and she's all flying. I can't defying gravity. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Oh my god, I can't wait to see the Ariana SpongeBob Wicked. What? <laughs> what did you say to me? You know, they're making it a movie and there's that drama with Ariana and her cheating on her husband with the guy who played Spongebob. I didn't know Spongebob <laughs> was a part of this scandal. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But the guy, people are calling him Spongebob because he played Spongebob in the musical in the and he also <laughs> kind of looks like Spongebob. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. Wait, so they, they were filming the movie Wicked? They were filming the movie Wicked. And Ariana's and playing both of them, who? I don't know. Glinda? Glenda? Who, yeah, I don't know. Because is she Elphaba? Glinda. She's playing Glinda. That makes more sense. Kinda. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Who's directing? Yeah, let me Does look it up. Does it say? Who? I'm very curious. I'm skeptical that... John M. Chu is directing. I don't, I don't know. But I'm skeptical. Hopefully it's good because the play is amazing. And that story, that inverted story of The Wizard of Oz, like even that was just cool for me. Like, oh, yeah. this is a cool take that the witch actually isn't evil. She <laughs> actually has morals and wanted to save the monkeys. <laughs> I love it. What else have I seen musicals that I've loved? Spam a lot. The Monty Python one was oh, fantastic. Love Monty uh, Python. I've seen Les Mis. That was that was nice. Do any stick with me? Like not really. I'm just not. They. It's not my art form. Like it doesn't move me that much. You yeah, know. Yeah, I get it. I tried to watch Hamilton, and I'm so sorry, but I didn't like it. What? I know. Controversial I know. take, Ramy. I haven't. I, okay. But I hope the internet get her. I'm sorry. Get her. I don't. Maybe it was because you know when something's so hyped up. And that's, I was like, huh? That's a problem. Yeah. Like, that's a really hard thing when anything, a movie, a show gets so hyped up it's that so you go in with expectation of glory and yeah. then you're like, I don't know, it's fine. It happens all the time. I need always no trailers to even set yes. an expectation and I just don't want to know anything about it. Yes. I want no expectations. Yes. For a lot of things, for everything. It's a good way to be. Mm -hmm. It's it, like you can't go in with super high expectations for anything. Yeah. <laughs> or you will be disappointed. So set the bar low, my friends. Honestly, not a bad tip. 
especially for something that's supposed to be fun and like art, to be honest. Like, Mm -hmm. sure, have standards with the people in your life. Come on, we've talked about this. But when you're going to like a concert or a movie or a musical, like just go in open, go in looking to enjoy the experience, you know? Yes. Because, yeah, people ruin their, they're like, it wasn't as good as everyone I said. Know. And it's like, I'll okay. give it another chance. I'm a big proponent of giving things second chances, honestly. Unless, yeah. but Hamilton's like impossible to get tickets for, right? So yeah. maybe you just let well, that one Also, fly. I watched it on the TV. So maybe that was the problem. Oh, because you know, <laughs> because they like did the boo. Netflix had it or something. Yeah, you can't yeah. judge a musical by its I TV know. version. It's not the same. All right. Well, that was my question about musicals, but we can okay. get into everyone anyway, else's. Today, we're, we're taking your questions. <laughs> Cool. Let's take some questions, Ramey. What you got for me? Okay. So Devin, you've been doing a lot of travel recently. So I wanted to ask, what is a travel tip that you could give the audience? Yeah. I mean, there's so many out there, you know, traveling. We both share a love for it. One of my favorite things, especially traveling solo. Um, One of the kind of tools for technology that I've been using recently is a VPN when I'm traveling because I'm connecting to Wi-Fi in a lot of public spaces, airports. Um, you know, Europe kind of has done an amazing job. Like you can get Wi-Fi a lot of places, but when you're connecting to a, a public network, it's not the safest uh, for your data. Like if, if someone wants to hack you, that's how they're gonna do it. And so I got turned on to NordVPN, uh, which is encrypting my data, protecting my internet searches. And while I'm traveling, I'm able to change my uh, server location and watch all my U.S. streaming shows that you can't access yes. in other countries. I love NordVPN, and I'm glad that they are sponsoring the show because I've used them in the past as well. I use them on my phone and my laptop because that's something I think people forget about is we're also connecting to Wi-Fi on our phones everywhere. You just blew my mind because right? I actually don't use it on my phone, yeah. and that's where all my data is. Yep. Yep. And so you can not only when you're watching your shows on your laptop or whatever, but protect your data on your phone with NordVPN too. So Wow. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. The first time I heard about NordVPN was actually through my father, who I don't find particularly tech savvy, (laughs) but uh, he lives in Mexico part of the time and he uses a VPN to change the server so he can access kind of all the streaming services when he wants them. And uh, that was my first exposure to it. And I was like, okay, what is this? And then I see like beyond just accessing your shows it's about like protecting your data and uh yeah experience that while traveling yep i've had my i've had my data breached one time and it was just not fun so ever since then i've been using nordvpn yes and for our growing up listeners nordvpn is offering a special christmas deal that will get you four months free head over to nordvpn.com growing up to get the special offer and start using a vpn today uh, use the internet safer. Yeah, and if you don't like it, they have a 30-day money-back guarantee, so you're not losing anything. How beautiful is that? Okay, what is a skill you really want to learn still, and what's a skill you think everyone should learn? Love this All question. Right. All right. Skills I want to learn. Knowing anything about my car other than filling <laughs> up gas for it. You know, anything. Oil change. I don't know shit about my car. <laughs> and I have to take it to people. And they could be like, hey, man, 
it's going to cost $6,000 to give your car a new gallbladder gasket. And I would be like, all right, well, here you go, buddy. Because I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know what engines are. I don't know what it means. So car skills. Have you ever watched the show Alone? <laughs> you know, the survivalist competition show? Pretty much any of those primal life skills I would like to know. You know, how to survive out in the wilderness on my own. That just seems like very useful and enriching to know how to like build a shelter and skin a squirrel. I would die so fast. <laughs> it would take Me too. three days. Me too. <laughs> Me too. But maybe we would like surprise ourselves and primal instincts would come out. Yeah, maybe. They, you know what would be more interesting? What's that, that show of people like us. No, I, I don't give me the no, grizzly guy who knows how. Well, maybe, yeah. <laughs> it's like over after one episode. Yeah, the show's over because we die. That's the thing. They get sent to like the fucking Arctic and need to survive the winter. The show. Wouldn't happen. The show is one episode if it's if it's you and me. And we stay one night in the woods, build a shelter that's uncomfortable. And then we call and say, I can't exist. But yeah, those life skills seem really fucking awesome. I would like to know how to play piano correctly. Like I can make, I produce now and I can make pretty noises out of a piano, but I don't play and I don't know it. So it takes me a lot of time to use it as an instrument. What other skills? There's so many skills. There's so many skills in life I want to learn. I definitely follow some people on TikTok that like build shit, like build houses and know how to like cool. really do all of that, you know, like build a shower and renovate a house and like that's some really fucking cool life skills. Yeah, there's so many. There's so many. And then what was the second part of the question? What's a skill you think everyone should learn? <laughs> everyone should know how to open a beer bottle with a lighter. Oh my God, you taught me that skill. Wow. I've taught many friends that skill <laughs> and I was taught it by a friend. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's just it's a simple fun. thing to know how to do. It's fun. You're not always going to have a bottle opener, but someone's always going to have a lighter. For those of you wondering, you're like, what? what is he talking about? Yeah, you can just, you can just boop. You can pop off a, a bottle top with pretty much anything. Once you know a lighter, you can actually use almost anything because it's the same principle. But everyone should have that skill. What skills do you wish you uh, knew? What do you want to learn, Ramey? Oh, I've always wanted to be fully fluent in another language. I'm so envious of people yeah. who grew up bilingual, trilingual. Yeah. And I've tried. I've studied Spanish for seven years. Crickets in my brain. I know. Can't do it. I've tried French. I minored in German in college. I was yep. semi-fluent for like a year. It's gone. Yep. And I, I think I could still do it, but it takes so much daily practice and I would need to move somewhere. So I just really am going to be sad if I never learned that though. That's what I was going to say. I think a lot of people yeah. would like, I would of course love to know another language. I'm not going to unless I live in another country. Yeah. Like I just won't. There's no way. Because I can study it here. It will not stay in my brain unless I'm using it actively out of necessity. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I need to communicate with these people. And then you really start to pick it up. So yeah, until you move to Europe, I don't think that's happening. <laughs> Thanks for crushing my dreams. Sorry, uh, I'm a realist, but it's not true. an optimist. I also wish I could dance better. That you could Van do. Seiko kind of, you know, she yeah. inspired me. The, the shuffling I think I could do. You hear that, Van? Yeah. You're inspiring the people. Yeah, I just don't have natural rhythm. Or maybe that's just something I tell myself. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, well, you live in a city where there are many a dance class you can go to. <laughs> and that's why skills don't get learned. Yeah, I think everyone should learn how, oh, we have an episode on this, how to listen better. Yes, you know? our episode with Orly. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And put yourself, be more empathetic. I know it's like a, I'm an empath, gets thrown around a lot, but I don't think people actually put themselves in other people's shoes enough. They assume a lot. And I yeah. think we all should practice, okay, what actually is this person's intent and not feel like so attacked by things and yeah, just be better at listening. Cool. So go listen to that episode <laughs> That's if you right. haven't. That's right. What else you got? Okay, here's a fun one related to your shirt. Would you sell your likeness to AI, and how much would you do it for? Fuck no. <laughs> Fuck no. No, man. No. 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 All right. Fuck. <laughs> AI's already going to take my likeness, and I probably already have sold it, at least in the images, like when the... The Accepting fad, the terms. Yeah, though. when the fad was going around of like your oh, AI photos shit. and the terms probably like we own you forever. Yeah, I probably already sold it by accident just to get some fucking lame photos of that I posted a for a fucking suit. week. Yeah, of me in space. Like, <laughs> god damn it. <laughs> I'm gonna put those over this clip. This was a huge part of both the writers and the actors' strike is the impending integration of AI with our creative industry. And there's no real stopping it. Like, we all know it's coming. AI is in its infancy, but it is going to grow exponentially over the next few years. And the Writers' Union and Actors' Union, correctly, are trying to protect writers and actors because they know the industry, the business people, will try and use AI to pay people less and mm -hmm. get more content out. And one of the things they offered in one of the early deals, which was absurd was paying a background <gasps> actor oh, yeah. their $160 day rate or whatever for one day of work to then own their likeness in perpetuity and be able to fill in the background of other movies and TV shows with them forever for that one day fee. For $100. <gasps> like, that's crazy, it's man. It's so creepy. I hate it. Exactly. So, like, no, I wouldn't willingly sell my likeness. It's like, maybe, maybe, like, but by that point, who knows, we'll all just be AI at that point. But, <laughs> but I was going to say, like, maybe at, like, the end of my life when, like, mm. I'm going to die and, like, I don't give a shit anymore. And, like, <laughs> you're like, I'm going to live on forever. And yeah. Live like, at that point, whatever, man. Yeah. Um, but not nah, even then, like, I don't want some fucking studio people who don't know me using, like, nah, it's weird. It's, it's weird, so weird and it's creepy. I hope that doesn't happen. Did they say that's not happening? Is that what? I don't know what the deal is going to be. Like, mm -hmm. SAG hasn't, as of this moment of recording this, I don't know what the deal is yet. I mean, we went on strike because that was unacceptable, yeah. so no way they're accepting that. But I don't know, dude. The next few years, AI is going to be integrated into so many aspects of our lives, and I don't know. I don't want to sell my my body to it. iRobot. iRobot. Just all the... We've seen the movies, We you know? know what's going to happen. Already Why imagined are we doing it? it? Why? Yeah, it's freaky. It's so scary. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, this is another fun one. Oh, is there another name that you think would suit you better, and what name would you choose for yourself? <laughs> no, so here's the thing. I love Devin. I love my name, Devin. However, if I could go back in time, I would go by my middle name as my last name for. Like, I'd have a stage name, and it would be Devin Joseph. Oh, okay. That's your middle name? Yes. And the reason is, when I look at all my favorite actors... Mm. Short, quippy names. Names that just make sense, and they stick mm -hmm. when you say them. Yep. 
There isn't a Werkheiser in the bunch, man. There isn't a a last name that makes you go, what was that? And how do I spell it? Like even the three syllable last names are DiCaprio, De Niro, like Mm -hmm. they hit. And like actors throughout history have changed their names to make a stage name, something that looks good on a poster, something that people can say and grab onto. Werkheiser... (laughs) Ain't it? <laughs> I could never do it either. Oh my Workizer God. fucking is not it, man. And like when I was a kid, so how it happened was like when I was a kid starting acting in Georgia, we didn't know what it was going to be. I was going to audition for some commercials in Georgia. And the agent asked at the time, do you want to go by Devin Workizer or do you want to go mm-hmm. by something else? Do you want a stage name? Because Workizer is a little long. And my mom like asked me about it and... I was like, well, my thought at the time was like, no one is going to, there's going to be no other Devin Werkheiser. Like, Mm -hmm. it's my name. I was 10 years old. I'm like, it's my name and there's not going to be another one. And like, my mom agreed and like the agents were like, yeah, cool. I wish the agent like really drove home to like my mom, like just Werkheiser's a fucking mouthful. It's like personal branding. That's it. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah, But it was like, I get why it happened because it was so early on. We were so outside the industry. We were Mm -hmm. just, I was just living in Georgia and I was like, change my name. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. I am trying to think of someone, a big actor that has a crazy last name. I can't, you can't. think of one. I know. Listen, if you guys have someone in the comments, yeah. go for it. But like even Steve Buscemi, like the Italian mm-hmm. three syllable names, they like make sense when you look at them. They, I, I don't know, man. Yeah. Tom Hanks, Morgan Freeman, Joaquin Phoenix, like a little weird, but Joaquin but cool. Phoenix, cool. And, and it's usually, or Tom Cruise, that's not his real name. Right? I don't know. <laughs> I don't Could, think probably so. Probably not. Yeah. Okay. Like, Devin Joseph. And it's too late now. It's too late yeah. now. It's it's too late now. But Devin Joseph is so clean. You, it just makes sense. Oh, Devin Joseph. Not Devin what? <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. You know, it's... Ryan Gosling, Chris Evans, Chris Pine, Chris Brad Pratt. Smith. Ba- Brad, 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 Brad Smith. Will, Brad Will Smith. <laughs> Will Smith. Will <laughs> Smith. Yeah. Like the names just hit Christian and they're Dale. easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I fucked okay. up. I think I would be way more successful if my name was Devin Joseph. No, we're going to see Devin Werkheiser on a poster <sighs> soon. Yeah. yeah. We will. Okay, that, that was fun to know. What are your thoughts on if it's not a fuck yes, it's a fuck no? Man, I have conflicting thoughts on all of these, like... Black and white. Black and white, memeable, this is what life is. Because, like... I get what this is saying. If it's not a fuck yes, it's a fuck no. If you've never heard that in your life, like that's one of these like self-empowerment, simple sentences to judge your choices, right? And I get what they're saying. Like, I do agree with it in part. Like, you know when something's a fuck yes in you. And then that's a clear decision. You go that way. And if you're kind of like, what this sentence is saying is then don't do it. But life doesn't really like some situations. Yes, but no, because it's not always a fuck. Yes. Right. And it's still good for you to go down that path. There's Um, so much nuance. Like you can't say yes, no, black, white. It's not like that. Yeah. Like some situations are, that's my problem with it is some situations. Mm -hmm. Yes. You want to use that level of discernment, that level of black, white discernment, but so much of life is so much more nuanced 
And when Scott Fellows and Michelle Fellows, the creators of Ned's, came on our Ned's podcast a few months ago, we were talking to them and I think asked for a tip for the audience. And Michelle was saying, like, she kind of said the opposite. She was like, be open to things that you didn't think about. Mm -hmm. She's like, the amount of jobs that I said yes to that weren't a fuck yes, that were kind of like, well, I don't know about that, that led her to the next stage in her life and an entire network of people that ended up, you know, leading to just more life. That was literally her her one tip when we asked mm. was like, be open, don't be so locked in, like pivot, be open to things. And that is so much more nuanced and and correct, I think, to how life goes. I like that too. I think it's more of like a we'll see and like you should act that way. Yes. Like, hmm. We'll see, we'll see how this goes. Yeah. What the worst that could happen is you can walk away. Right. You know? Right. Yes. Yes. Because sometimes you don't have enough information. Yeah. Over time, any situation should become clear about a fuck yes or a fuck no. Yeah. But there are times where you don't have enough information. So maybe you actually say yes and start cautiously, but like going down that path and then it becomes a fuck yes or becomes mm -hmm. a fuck no. And yeah, life is just life is just so much more mysterious and outside of our realm of understanding than using something like that. Yeah. yeah. This is kind of a follow-up. Someone wrote in a situation. My girlfriend cheated on me and I'm not ready to totally walk away because it's a very complicated situation and I kind of understand why she did it. What would you do and what do you think about cheating? Oh, <laughs> fuck. Oh, no. Okay, you know what I am so annoyed about? What's that, Remy? Everything is a subscription now. Oh, true. true. Like, a, a, my clothing rental is a subscription, um, my Hulu, my entertainment, but also just random things like my razors and things that I might not want to have forever that I completely forget about. And it's it seems like it's $5 here, $5 there, not a big deal, but it's... Adds it adds up. up. Yeah. And the thing is, in our head, you're always like, oh, I will remember to cancel this. Mm -hmm. But there's so many. And that's how life's going to go from here on out. I know. Like they figured it out. <laughs> is, it's not going to get simpler. Uh, that's why we're so grateful for our sponsor, Rocket Money. Um, because they started sponsoring this podcast, I started using Rocket Money. And I cannot recommend Rocket Money enough. They make it so easy to manage your subscriptions and see what you're spending your money on. Make it easy to cancel anything with one click through Rocket Money. You don't have to go track down your password for the other subscription. You don't have to remember what app you signed up for. It's all there on Rocket Money's platform. Makes it easy to cancel. Yeah, I recently downloaded it because of them sponsoring the show as well. And I did not even know because I linked my credit cards and I saw I've been subscribed to a streaming platform for a very long time that I didn't know about. It was $15 a month and all I had to do was click a button and they canceled it for me. I didn't have to log on to the website and they also help you negotiate your bills, yes. which is huge. Um, so lots of perks. Yeah, there, there's so much there. And I think um, if you're someone at home who's like heard us talking about it and you're like, I don't know, I don't want to sign up. It sounds complicated. It is so simple to use. It's so quick to get yourself signed up, set up and connected. And what's amazing is like, take some of the load off your brain. Rocket Money is going to organize this for you. This side of our lives, this kind of financial bills, what's coming in, what's coming out, how many subscriptions do I have? They really add up and uh, Rocket Money is gonna help organize that for you and help save you money. Yeah, I 
actually saved over $200 just by doing this and canceling I mean, that it. subscription 15 a month that right? adds up yeah and now I'm gonna use that money to travel or something exactly <laughs> but exactly it's the best so let rocket money grow up your finances and just give you a tool to make it easier to navigate this life go to rocketmoney.com slash growing up to support this pod and support yourself oh that's a brutal one man oh fuck <laughs> Oh my God. Oh, this one hurts, you know? This one hurts. Oh. (sighs) It hurts because, like, only you know your relationship, and cheating isn't always, it's not an absolute rule that cheating needs to be the end of your relationship. Like, no, it's not always that. It is a pretty big fucking deal, right? If you've agreed to be in a monogamous, exclusive relationship, that kind of stepping outside of it is a fucking, it's an issue. It's a betrayal. It's a breaking of that agreement and that that container that you're in in your relationship. It's so hard though, because only you know your relationship. I would read the book State of Affairs by Esther Perel. It's all about this, and it gives a very nuanced view of the reasons people cheat. When is it not okay, but like how when do you understand you it? When it? can yeah. you work through it? Exactly. Yeah. So read that book. Yeah. Esther Perel is a, an incredible relationship therapist yeah. and, and voice, and if you've never listened to her I would definitely go down that rabbit hole of consuming a lot of Esther Perel content because this is what she gets into. Mm -hmm. And she's especially dealing with, like, I'm guessing this person writing in is relatively young or or around our age. Mm -hmm. I think she deals a lot in, like, marriages where cheating occurs and how to work through it with people when there's enough there that's worth working through because marriage is long. And relationships can be really long and sometimes a lot builds up and a lot gets off track and the cheating is kind of the symptom of that. Mm -hmm. But if you're both willing to kind of talk through and have a lot of uncomfortable conversations where you can get more clear with each other, there is a possibility that you can build back trust, loving, attraction, safety, all that stuff. It's possible. (sighs) But I will say, man, like when I was a teenager, a girlfriend cheated on me with like a friend. And I think I think they just kissed as far as I know. At the time, like that's a bigger deal. But that was back when I was full people pleaser boy. And I didn't want to face the complicated feelings that that really brought up. So I cut off the friend, mm. but kept my girlfriend. And in hindsight, like that action says something. Mm-hmm. Like, we weren't that far into our relationship. Like, to do that so early on with someone I know that I'm obviously going to find out about, like, in hindsight, it's like, nah, that was actually a bigger deal with her than the friend. And I just took the easy route of saying, like, fuck you, friend, goodbye, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to forgive her when really she might have fucking instigated it. Like, I blamed it on him, but in hindsight, I was like, she two. made that situation happen. Like she yeah. didn't, he didn't force this upon her. She fucking was open to it. Mm-hmm. And I stayed with her and look, we had a good relationship. I don't think she ever did it again. Like, you know, we worked through it, but man, in hindsight, it's like, ah, that was an undervaluing of me. 
mm-hmm. and like, like, don't be so quick to understand where she's coming from before you check in with how do you feel with this? Like, yes, empathize with her side, but not before you know, how do you feel about this? And what does this mean for you and your relationship? Like, what does it mean? Are you guys done? Should you be done? Is there things you need to talk through, work through? Can trust be built back? Is it worth building back? I don't know, man. It's a really hard one and it's really individual and it's really personal. That's, that's a hard question. I wish I had, uh, you know, an answer for you. Only you are going to know what you need to do. But cheating, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough, man. It hurts. Yeah. I don't know. You ever been cheated on, Remy? Not to my knowledge. That's good. But they could have just been sneaky. I don't know. Yeah. Man, I hate cheating because, I mean, for some people, it's just, they've just like justified it in their mind. Like That's not okay. Yeah. Some people, like I've definitely known people in my life. Like, yeah, there's an old friend of mine who I'm not friends with anymore who cheated on every single girlfriend he was ever with. And Mm -hmm. I was just like, this is fucking bullshit. That's like like pathological. Yes. This is pathological. Like you're bullshit, dude. Yeah. Don't have any. And then what's the excuse? What's the excuse there? Oh, you are literally just being a hedonist. Well, exactly. Because it's every girlfriend. So whatever the excuse is just like, nah. And then that person is going to have some moral standing in other conversations. And I'm like, nah, take your fucking moral high horse out of here. You cheat on every girlfriend you've ever been with. Yeah, that's stupid. Be honest. So there's that shit. But then there's things like you described, which I get. And maybe the girlfriend who cheated on, and maybe it's like, your needs aren't being met over enough time, enough either resentment or just disconnection yeah. is building and you don't have the maturity to address it with your partner. Exactly. So you... You do what... You say yes to this thing in yeah. the moment, right? Like, Yeah. So I reading that book really helped me. State of Affairs. All right. You heard it. State of Affairs, Esther Perot. And guys, just really try not to cheat. Just communicate. Communicate. Before, if you're even thinking about it, I think it's so powerful to be like, hey, you know what? I'm actually feeling like I'm kind of looking around. I want to flirt. I want to make out with someone else. I think that's fine. Tell your partner. Dude. Because you can work on it. And then it kind of releases the feeling. It releases the like hidden secrecy of it all. Yes. So, Dude, that is huge. If you can just, yeah, if you find yourself looking that you want to cheat, handle your relationship before you cheat. Mm-hmm. Like go deal with it. Go express that to them. See if it leads to a better place in your partnership or if you guys are going to open it up or something like, but deal with your relationship first because man, when you cheat on someone, like it can really fuck them up and fuck their heart up for a long time. So next question, any tips on how to deal with an annoying coworker? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. No, dude. No, (laughs) that sucks. Like I have no tips. No, that's such an uncomfortable situation. Have you ever had an annoying coworker? Yeah. Yeah. And like, no, that's such an uncomfortable situation. Cause like you're at work and if you're not their superior at work, if you're on the same level or if they're above you, like (laughs) there's nothing to really do because you're in a work setting, not like a human relationship setting. Even though work, of course, is built on human relationships. You know what I mean? Like, it's not an easy context to be like, Go away. Hey, you're fucking annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Right, you have to literally see them every day. You have to. So I don't know. It's about learning to be boundaried but respectful because you guys got to work together. I don't know. That shit sucks. maybe be really annoying to them so they don't want to be annoying to you. Yeah. Maybe be smelly. (laughs) Yeah. Just become smelly so they don't want to be around you. Yeah. 
I, that's fart really on them a lot. <laughs> Do that. I've never dealt with a super annoying coworker. I'm trying to think back in my like office days. Right. I did have one girl who just would constantly talk to me. And yes. the only thing I could do is just go into another room. Yep. I mean, there's that's yep. it. I, I had that same thing. Or get like, a new job. Right. I, I eventually that's what I did. Not because yes. of her, but yes. No, sometimes you just gotta leave the job, but mm-hmm. and some and sometimes you just gotta suck it up for a time. Yeah, yeah. I had I had one like that where like she would just talk a lot all mm-hmm. the time about like I'm working, like yeah. I don't want to and just complaining about Ooh, random put things. Headphones in. Put headphones in. Yeah, depending on your job. Yeah. I don't know. Good luck. (laughs) Good luck. (laughs) Um, Okay. What are some of your newer goals in life and how do they compare to the goals you had when you were younger? So interesting. Interesting question. What are my goals in life and how do they compare to the goals I had when I was younger? Hmm. It's interesting. I mean, I'm in some ways they're similar because I'm a creative and my life is a pursuit of those creative callings that I have. And this has been my life since I was a kid is seeking like my creative potential. So that looks like act, certain acting roles, you know, certain stuff with my music, touring, all that stuff, growing these podcasts, right? Like, yeah. So in some ways my pursuits and my goals have been very similar for all of my life, but I feel in a lot of ways very different and capable now that I'm in my, my 30s and just everything I've come through. Also, there is an aspect to now, like when I was a kid, I just, I just wanted all these things because it's what I feel called to do. Now there's definitely a more integrated part of my goals being like, in the next 10 years, there are things that I need and want so that I can have the space, freedom, and abundance in my life to then create a family that I can provide that space, freedom, and abundance for. Like, my goals feel a lot more integrated now, where, like, they're all connected to an overall vision of my life rather than just, like, I want these things. Mm -hmm. For me, it's like I want these things as a kind of primary foundation of my life so that I can then have these things and these things and these things because I've talked about on this pod before, but like, yeah, when I hit 30, like I was looking back in my 20s and looking forward into my 30s of like, whoa, the stakes feel higher because I want to be more. I want to be more of myself. I want to feel more free and abundant and capable in my life. And if I ever want to be a father and a husband, like I need to be more capable as the man that I am. So my goals are kind of all tied into that now. I mean, I'm really looking forward to hitting the year mark on both my podcasts, Growing Up and Ned's. That's like a just a timeline I'm looking at of checking in after a year of doing these podcasts and seeing what's changed in my life and what we've created with them and how to grow them better. Yeah, I definitely want to grow both these pods to just kind of be foundational, you know, staples in my life and yours. My music, I definitely have goals for, but I'll just say them generally. Like I want my Good Valley music to take me places. Do you want to go on tour? Fuck yeah, at some point. 
Yeah. I better get VIP. Yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you. (laughs) Yeah, that's a huge part of kind of maybe the next year is getting my live set going for Good Valley and figuring out how to get on tour for that. Acting, the goals are fucking endless. I want to get really jacked this fall. You know, that's a goal. That's a goal that's tangible and I can see and I can just take steps towards daily, weekly. Am I hitting the gym? Am I running? Am I eating well? Yeah. So that's a fun, tangible goal. Yeah. I just have goals to keep transitioning my life. You know, I've been in a a particular kind of living arrangement for the last like five years and I'm starting to see Mm. past that, but it might take a year or two for these goals to come to fruition. So yeah, overall, like I have short-term goals and then a lot of them are kind of these longer cycles that I'm starting to see and go like, okay, in a year or two, I want to work enough for this major transition to happen. And honestly, here's a goal. I'd like to get a new car. I've had the Mm. same car since I was 17. And like, it's great. And I own it. And it's gotten me around. Paid for it with Ned's money. You know what I mean? But I'm 32 now. And this car is from 2008. And uh, it still runs. But she's she's a little clanky. She's a little... She's a little dinged up, and uh, I do have a goal of uh, getting a new car, but that's going to require a, a nice influx of money. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Could you sell it or no? <laughs> not, no for an, too, not for anything for like substantial. Yeah, not for yeah. anything that would help. Yeah. Hmm, okay. Yeah. Love so, that. Do you have timelines? Like, do you subscribe to the thought that, okay, by, by 40, I want to be married and have kids? Or is that how you kind of base your goals at all? I think— I never did. yeah. Like I said, 30 hit different. Mm -hmm. I never did do that, like, because life's so dynamic. Like, you can't put a fucking box on it like that based on what your parents did, what society tells you. Like, your life is going to unfold how your life unfolds. So I don't like putting those general timelines on things. Mm -hmm. However, yeah, lately I put kind of a a loose timeline on things. I don't like saying like, I'm going to do this by this. That's not how my life works. I like kind of working with the organic aspect of life. But yeah, when I hit 30, there definitely was a little more like, okay, actually, because turning 30 had me look back on my 20s in a different way. Like once my 20s were complete, it allowed me to see like, oh, wow, when even though, you know, our ages are like these arbitrary numbers that don't matter. Mm-hmm. When you hit a new decade, like it should feel some type of way. You should look at it in some way. And I was like, whoa, I'm older now. 30 is different. Like I can't have my next 10 years end up in the same place that my last 10 years did. Mm-hmm. So that's what hit different. So I don't have like some strong locked in ideas of 40, but I do have some things I I need to happen in the next 10 years. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. This kind of goes, we got a long question on Instagram DMs. So I want to read this. Let's do it. Okay. The question is, do you think your habits and the way you see yourself actually come from within? Or if you just haven't realized that they're norms inflicted on you by society and now you're living them without even noticing that there might be other ways. I feel that most people know this by now when it comes to beauty ideals, but there's so many more aspects of life where we just act in a certain way or try to adhere to certain norms because that's how we grew up. 
Like, who said romantic relationships were more important than platonic ones? And why should we feel like we're lacking something without that romantic relationship when, by listening to ourselves, we feel those platonic friendships are totally fulfilling? There's surely many other examples. Dude. Deep. It's a great question. Mm-hmm. This is a great question. I'm what sorry. this question is asking about is conditioning. We are all conditioned as we grow up. We all take on patterns unconsciously. You don't get a choice in this. This will happen no matter how independent you think you are. As you age, you will have grown up taking on the patterns of your family, you know, your parents and family first this community or people you grew up around, maybe your nation, just general mm -hmm. ideas of, of your fucking country and being like, and I'm glad that uh, this person asked this question. Thanks for this. This is a huge aspect of growing up overall is this question. There's never going to be one answer to it. It's constantly checking in with, am I this way consciously or unconsciously like am i this way because nature versus nurture like am i this way and do and once you get a little awareness on a habit or something do i want to keep being this way mm -hmm. there's that thing of like you know like does a fish know it's in water like it's just is in water like it can't it can't see it that's a lot of our habits that's a lot of our patterns that's a lot of our reactions to everything the things that trigger us a lot, like, like, what is it? What is that conditioning? And yeah, I mean, I found so much liberation in my life from those moments where I get some awareness outside of it and then I'm able to become more. I'm able to become freer. And you can do this in any number of ways. I mean, we talk about travel so much, Ramey, like that's a huge way where you can step outside of your water, you can step outside of your normal environment and actually get a little distance and perspective on, oh, wow, I'm always doing this thing. Mm -hmm. And fuck, I think my dad is always doing that thing. And like, oh, my brother's always, do and like, do I wanna keep being this way? There's a lot of different ways to do it, but it takes being able to zoom out and like get distance and see beyond your conditioning or your blind spots. And uh, yeah, it's a journey with that shit, man. I know. It makes me think about like sometimes I get so caught up in like the rat race of like I want to be successful in this way because society tells me that that's what's going to make me feel good. Yeah. And then I think about when I do travel, I visit this random farm town in Switzerland and there's someone tending to cows and I'm like – they are living a full life doing that. Yeah. There's so many more possibilities and I would probably be happy doing that. Or I could open a little bookstore in Edinburgh and like there's so many ways Other to ways. do life that you don't think about when you're caught up in this. Yeah. And she asked about relationships too. Like why is it told, oh, you're going to be happy once you get married and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. What about your platonic friendships? If those are fulfilling you, who's to say that you need that other thing? It keeps me up at night. Yeah. Oh, I mean, definitely are all of our fucking expectations around love and relationships, I find, are things we have taken on from the outside. Mm -hmm. Things parents, family, friends, media, especially fucking media. Like, 
your way of meeting a relationship should be chosen by you like you have to define it and for all most of us it gets defined by the outside yeah is Did he doing you, this is she doing this like i was gonna ask if you grew up as as a man because women we grew up seeing princesses and prince charming yeah, and like yeah. all i thought about growing up was who's who am i gonna marry literally oh, from 10 years old that's yeah. what i would think about do guys experience that or no because you might be consuming different media you know yeah but I, I think sweet guys do. Um, like you. I'm a certified a lover boy. <laughs> yeah, I figured. <laughs> um, probably not in the same way that you guys are like thinking about your wedding from the time right. you're eight years old and the fucking princess dress you're going to wear. Mm -hmm. But like definitely have such a crazy emphasis on like who is going to be the right. person. And man, <laughs> has it it's gotten me into fucking situations I shouldn't have been in, you mm -hmm. know, just trying to like fill this fucking space that when, yeah, she said told, it great. Like yeah. if you have amazing platonic friendships, that counts for something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. I just encourage anyone to question your conditioning. Therapy's good for it. Not for everyone, but for me, psychedelics gave me a lot of, uh, awareness around kind of patterns that maybe were no longer serving me and that maybe weren't mine to begin with, but were, mm -hmm. I was, were taken on. Travel, mm -hmm. travel's a huge one for it. But yeah, you do want to ask that. That's why I love that question is there's no answer to it. It's yeah. like the answer is yes, ask these questions. Ask yourself <laughs> constantly, yeah. you know, do I like these habits? Do I want to keep these habits? Are they mine or are they my conditioning. Mm -hmm. Wow. Fascinating. Okay, we That's can, growing up. It is. We can end on like a fun, quick one. This one's interesting, I guess. Are you afraid of aging and do you ever feel pressured to look a certain way in Hollywood? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> Am I afraid of aging? No, but I say that having all my hair and right. like my hairline hasn't receded <laughs> and like everything's okay. I could imagine if my hair started pulling back and my hair started thinning, like, fuck, that would probably hit. Like, I feel for all my dude friends who that's that's working on, you know? Like, yeah, that would probably make me feel some different type of way about aging. Like, fuck, I'm getting less vital. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm looking less alive. <laughs> kind of looks like my head is dying. You know what I mean? Like, like but there is help. Go to Turkey. Um, okay. <laughs> Wait, why? You've never heard of the Turkish hair transplants? Oh, oh. Many oh. men are doing it. They're flying to Turkey and getting hair Many transplants. Men. And, and it's, okay. it's like literally growing your hair back. Like they take follicles from your neck. and I think other places too. Testes? <laughs> I mean, I guess, I guess we Ball have. Ball hairs? <laughs> um, oh, I, I, my hair wasn't curly before. <laughs> no, you actually have an amazing hairline. Wow. I, I, it's life's like been I don't even think me, about it. Life's, life's been good. You know, so like I'm not afraid of aging because of that, but it might start to hit when I really start like seeing sad, it. Like, yeah, when things yeah. start sagging in places. Like <laughs> I think we all have to go through that process. Even if you're comfortable with your body image, yeah. when anything changes in life and you actually need to change your identity around yourself, like that's an uncomfortable process. And no matter how comfortable you are in your skin, when you go from like youth to not, <laughs> youth to saggy, you're gonna have to have those moments in the mirror of like, mm -hmm. oh fuck, my, my skin's saggy, you know? And do I feel pressure to look a certain way in Hollywood? Absolutely, absolutely. That's not, that's not a, a, woman, a woman exclusive neurosis because it's also, 
it's not an insecurity. It's just the facts of Hollywood. Look around. When I look around at my favorite actors doing the roles that I want to do, those motherfuckers are jacked. Like who? Gosling. Fucking oh, well, okay. That was, Chris Barbie. Hemsworth. <laughs> F- Thomas uh, Fassbender. But then you got little Timmy Chow. Tom, Tom Hardy. He's even he little... looks like a goddamn model, even though he's skinny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's gorgeous and yeah. he's slender, man. And he's fucking I know. petite. I just want to <laughs> kiss him a little bit. You know, like, you Same. know what I mean? Like, fuck. That's my dream guest. Oh my God. And my question is, why are you dating Kylie Jenner? There we go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, For sure, I do feel, I'd say at this point in my life, I don't feel a pressure to look a certain way. It doesn't feel like anxiety for me. I feel a clarity and a responsibility that if I want to do this, I need to look a certain way. Stay tuned for Jacked Devin. (laughs) I don't know. You know, I'm I'm working on it. Um, But it's a journey. And of course, like if I booked a fucking Marvel movie, then they would do it for me because I'd have a personal trainer and a nutritionist. And some people just- Wait, I could kind of see you in a Marvel movie. Oh, hell yeah. Hell fucking yeah, good. Yeah. Um, And some people are just genetically blessed, like some people's genetics. My fucking Polish Italian genetics just give me this band of fat that I never (laughs) seem to be able to lose no matter how strong I am. This thing around the belly, like I've never seen lower abs on myself ever, but it's also healthy, whatever. Listen, yes, we all have shit with aging and with our body image. I try my best to be at a kind of empowered and integrated state with it. And so far, so good, but that's based on my genetics. So we'll see when shit starts to fucking fall apart. I'll I'll answer that again. Can't wait. Um, Thank you guys for submitting your questions. Ramey, thanks for collecting these questions. I love talking about life with you guys, and I really love seeing your comments and reviews on the podcast. Please leave us a nice review on Spotify or Apple or both for the podcast and keep commenting and messaging us. I'm glad the feedback I get a lot for this podcast, which just feels really good is that like these conversations just make you guys at home, like kind of reflect on things and kind of feel a little uplifted and supported in what you're going through uh, week to week. And that just feels really good on, on our end, knowing that that's what we're putting out into the endless river of media. Exactly. That's why I love this job. It's like we're doing something positive, making people feel less alone. Yeah. What more could you ask for? Well, That's all I want to do in life. Exactly. That's yeah. a dream job right there yeah. is working with people that you like, trust, and enjoy being around, doing something that makes others feel less alone and supported. Mm-hmm. So uh, dreams right now. Thanks, Bye. guys. We'll see you next week. <laughs>